Hi, I'm Ewan Blakey, Senior Pastor of Oasis Church. I hope this message gives you hope and helps you take your next step on your Christian journey. We'd love to invite you to come and see us in person at 10 a.m. on Sundays or join us live every Sunday on YouTube. For more info, visit our website, oasischurchperth.com. important for us to get back on track. We're going to have a look at, over the next few weeks, the things that Jesus did say. So let's start with a little pop quiz, okay, of the things that... Did Jesus say this? Did he say this? I'm going to ask you this question first. Did Jesus say, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times. Is it shame on me again? I'm not sure. Did Jesus say this? After a while, if someone keeps letting you down and being a jerk, you don't have to forgive them anymore. Some things are just unforgivable. Did Jesus say that? No, he didn't say that. We all know that is true. But sometimes we wish that he said it. I wish that he re- I could read that somewhere. That would be so good. All right, let's open the word in Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to look at some of the things that Jesus did say. And this is a little excerpt out of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And he says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. I'm just going to let that one hang in the air. That's a pretty hard statement to take, but I'm going to read it again. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. That, that's a wrestle right there. That is a wrestle right there. And that's what I want us to talk about today. It's this whole thing of forgiveness. And there are some things when we look at the world around about us that just seem like they don't deserve forgiveness. They should not be forgiven for Right now, we're looking across in the Northern Hemisphere at what's going on with Russia and Ukraine and some of the atrocities of war that are happening as innocent people are being bombed and shelled and fathers are being lost, children are being lost, people's livelihoods are being lost, people's futures are being lost. And we look at that and we go, surely that is unforgivable. Surely if you were one of those victims you'd get a leave pass and you wouldn't have to forgive some of those things that are happening to you. And you might even say this. It's all very well for Jesus or someone who's a preacher to stand up on a stage and say that sort of stuff, you just got to forgive. But you don't know my life. You don't know my circumstance. You don't know the things that happened to me. You don't know the pain that I've had to go through. And we've all heard stories of 
husbands who have left wives and children and had affairs and gone off and started another wonderful life with somebody else. We know about business partners that have squandered all the money that's stolen and taken and left the other person bereft, trying to pick up the pieces on their own. We know stories of parents who've abused their children, either knowingly or unknowingly, over many years, and then the child, as they grow up, they've got to figure out how to live their life with all this baggage, all this history that they've gone through. That doesn't seem fair. Or the drunk driver who's ended the life of a loved one, and their whole life is in disarray. The lives of those people who have lost that person are ruined, literally ruined forever. Now, we don't, we don't have, we, all of us haven't experienced those sort of extremes. But I bet if you were just to take a second or two, you could easily remember there could be easily something in your own world where something's happened and it brings up painful memories for you, injustices that have happened to you. So we know the reality is that we have to forgive. That's the bottom line. We have to forgive. Easier said than done, right? So today we're going to go on a journey of healing. Anyone want to get free today? We're going to have some therapy today, group therapy. It's going to be really good. It's going to be good for us. And it's free. So what we're going to do to start off is we're going to look at the anatomy of a crime, the anatomy of an offence, the anatomy of a betrayal. And the easiest way to do that is in pictorial form. So I'm going to show you a photo of a beautiful apple pie. It's apple and rhubarb, I believe. So delicious. That's the whole pie. So that whole pie represents all of the responsibility, all of the blame that needs to go toward somebody, something, for something that's been committed against your person. Now, in most scenarios, and I'm not saying all scenarios, but in most scenarios, there is a percentage of blame that has to go to you. You have to take responsibility for some proportion of that pie. There's, for, for, in order for all of us to walk into our future, to all the good things that God has for our lives, we have to be honest with ourselves and we have to take ownership of our piece of the pie. There's no point saying, and it's easy for us to do this, but that, bit, little, that little tiny bit doesn't count because it doesn't compare to all the big thing, the rest of the pie that was done against me. And it, yeah, proportionally speaking, that is true. But if you refuse to take responsibility for that tiny little bit, however small it might be, you're giving yourself permission to take your issues with you into your future. You're giving yourself permission and it kind of gets smuggled in because of the the glaring offence, the glaring stuff that's been done against you, it's easy to overlook that. And so we smuggle our issues, however small they might be, with us into our future. We do that. So we have to, if we're going to get free, take the first step, which is to own your piece of the pie. It might be the tiniest of slivers, like this little picture here. Just a crumb, just a little nut, just something. It might be so inconsequential you need a magnifying glass to see it. But you need to take responsibility for that piece. 
If you're going to be free and to walk into all the good things that God has for your life, you're just going to have to start with step one. Before we move on to step two, let's start with step one and take responsibility for what you can take responsibility for. My piece of the pie. And it might even help to do a little inventory, a little mental inventory, an internal one, and go write down it on a piece of paper or on your smartphone, what, what, am I respon- what was I responsib- responsible for? What are the things that I could have done better, that I could change? And there should always be something because we are human beings. We are not perfect like God is perfect. So there should be something that we can hang our hat on and say, you know what, I could have done that better. All right, let's move on to the juicy part of the pie, the big piece of the pie, the big slice. We need to deal with that. That's the fun bit, all right? Let's have a look at a picture of the the big piece of the pie. The injustice, the bad thing that happened to us, all that unfairness that was done to us. We got to deal with that. We got to portion some blame on, on that, right? And that's our step number two. We need to deal with the big piece of the pie. Now we would like to go, yes, let's blame somebody for that. Let's let's hang that on somebody else. But as we most of us know, claiming or looking for justice in that sort of way is going to be a futile struggle. And just how I said, when we don't own our piece of the pie, we're smuggling our issues into our future. Well, when we don't take care of the big piece of the pie, we don't face up to what's going on with the big piece of the pie, we're smuggling their issues into our future. We're smuggling what they did and we're keeping hold of it and we're going to internalise it and take it with us into our future. And we don't think of it that way. We don't mentally follow those footsteps. But that's exactly what we end up doing when we do that, when we don't deal with that big piece of the pie. So I want to ask you a couple of really insensitive questions. Here's the first one. How far into your future do you intend to carry the angst created in your past? Well, of course, to answer that, no one says, I didn't intend to. I don't intend to do anything. I don't want it carried anywhere. But when we don't deal with it, we take hold of it. We keep hold of that angst. When I say angst, I'm talking about the worry talking about the fear, the hurt, the anger, the sorrow, the things that we don't deal with, and we carry it with us into our future. So I've got a little prop here that might help us illustrate this point. This jumper, it's a champion jumper for those teens who are watching, this represents the angst from what's happened to me, the, the, in, the injustice that happened to my life. So this is what we do when we carry this angst stick it under here and we go on living our life and we pretend that there's nothing there and we say I'm fine I'm fine completely fine and people start looking at you funny going um you're looking a bit lumpy (laughs) a bit lumpy down there nope nope I'm good I'm good I'm fine completely fine no don't ask me don't how dare you say that you think that I'm pregnant (laughs) no I'm not pregnant I'm completely fine. Stop giving me those gym memberships. I don't need them. I'm fine. 
and we, we pretend, we say to ourselves that we're okay, but we start lashing out at people when they start accusing, accusing us of de not dealing with this. We don't acknowledge it. It doesn't exist to us, but it's real, it's there. And if we don't deal with that angst, we carry it around with us, those extra pounds weighing us down into our future. All right, here's another question to ask. How long do you plan to allow the people who mistreated you to influence you? How long are they going to do that in your life? Are you planning for that to happen for maybe just a few more days or is it going to be a week? Or is it going to be a month or is it going to be a year? Or is it, are you just going to just keep hold of it for the rest of eternity, for the rest of your life? And we always answer that, well, no, of course not. I don't plan any of that. I think that's the issue. We don't plan it. We just keep living our lives. We sort of stumble through our life, not addressing some of these injustices that were done to us, but we carry it with us well into our future, and it starts influencing our life. Their issue, the thing that they did that that was wrong, continues to influence us well, well into our future. And it comes out of us in dysfunctional ways. We lash out at people. We get angry if, some, if somebody mentions that person's name. We, people are creeping around on eggshells, staying away from, oh, we don't want to upset them in case we trigger that thing. I think it's healthy for us to face up to this stuff, to deal with it in a healthy way. Have you ever encountered somebody who they just seem like the most well-adjusted lovely, kind, generous person. They're kind, the kids are good. Everything about their life just seems on track. And yet you get to know them a little bit and you find out the story and you, think, you scratch your head and you say to yourself, how on earth could that, that person have gone through all those atrocities in their life and yet turned out to be such a healthy, well-balanced, well-rounded person? How did that happen? How did they do that? I met someone just like that the other day at my work, a nurse that I was talking to, she was a lovely young girl. She was probably 18 or 19 years old and uh, she was helping me do a surgery and we were just laughing or chatting about cruciate ligaments because that's the sort of surgeries that I do every day. And she goes, yeah, I've done both my cruciate ligaments. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really huge. How do you cope with that? And uh, she goes, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. And then she did something which made my jaw drop on the ground. She lifted up a trouser leg and she showed me that she had a prosthetic leg. It was, you know, the carbon fiber leg, the whole thing. I'm like, oh my goodness. And then she proceeded to tell me that as a, as a baby in the womb, the umbilical cord had wrapped around her feet. And then by the time she was 11 years old, she needed to have a leg amputated. Not only that, but she, she was just so positive in her outlook, she went and played contact sports. So she played American football and... Some might say, well, you know, you had it coming, but she injured the other leg playing football. She injured her other cruciate ligament. Not only that, but then subsequently she broke the other good leg. And these things have happened to her and she's still in a queue waiting for another surgery on her knee. And yet her attitude was so positive. Her attitude was can do. Her attitude was looking to the future and so excited about what was laying before her and her career. And I thought, oh man, I can take a lesson from this. 
rather than looking back and trying to attribute blame somehow for the negative things that had happened in her life, she was willing to put that aside and look forward. Some of us do that instinctively without being told. Others of us, we need to be told. We need to have it explained to us so that we can be free, so that we can walk free. We need to be intentional. At some point, every single person who goes through some kind of injustice has to make this decision. They make a decision to forgive. It has to be a mental decision. I choose to forgive that person. I choose to forgive those people who are responsible for that. I have to make that choice at some point. Just like Jesus said, Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So I want us to look in a little bit more detail about this word forgive. One translation of the word forgive is pardon. Pardon is not just a thing that you say if you do a pop-off <laughs> at home, at our house. If someone does a pop-off, we say pardon me. We take responsibility. We own our piece of the pie. <laughs> we don't blame the dog. Bad dog. We don't blame the kids. Keep it down back there. And we never bl blame our wife. <laughs> we take responsibility. This word pardon is not just that. You can see it in a legal context when the judge says, I know that you did it, you're guilty, you did it, you're responsible, but I choose to give you a pardon. I'm lifting off the blame from your shoulders. You are forgiven. I'm taking that weight off your shoulders. And the best thing that we can do is to issue that person who's done you wrong with a pardon. You're free. You're free to go. Bailiffs, release that man. Release that woman. Take the chains off, the shackles off. They're free to go. They're not going to follow me into my future anymore. Another translation for this word forgive is to hurl. To hurl. You know, like to throw, but to throw really violently. In Aussie slang... We also use the word hurl for vomit. <laughs> oh, I needed a hurl. When you hurl, when you vomit, it's a decisive action, isn't it? It's not a gentle thing. It's a violent action. Because you're expelling something out of your body in a violent way to get rid of it. Your body knows that whatever's there has got to come out. It's poisoning you in some way. So you hurl it out. You hurl it out. And I think that's kind of not a bad analogy. You might never think about forgiveness in the same way <laughs> again. But if you want to release somebody, you can forgive them by hurling that stuff out of you forever. Hurl it out. Get rid of it. Because it's only doing you, uh, it's only poisoning your inner insides if you keep hold of it. Now, it would be remit of me to not mention this really important side of forgiveness, 
it does help us to understand forgiveness in the context of the fact that we as Christians have been forgiven for all the bad stuff that we've done. Amen? In the light of that, it makes a lot more sense. It's a lot easier. And it's just so interesting to me that the way that God created the laws of forgiveness was that he he pushed them together. He put it together as a combo deal. So you want forgiveness? Well, you need to have the fries with that. It's a combo deal. The burger of forgiveness? Great. Well, you get to have the fries of freedom too. They go together. They go together. That They're inextricably linked together. If you want forgiveness, you must give forgiveness. You must release forgiveness. There's this great quote that I'll read from Andy Stanley, and it, it, he just says it so well. In the shadow of my hurt, forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. But in the shadow of the cross... Forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. Isn't that amazing? Doesn't that put it in perspective for us? Because we we get so kind of caught up sometimes in the moment of what's been done to us, but then in the shadow of His forgiveness of us, everything makes a lot more sense. And it's just interesting to me too that when Jesus taught us to pray, He said, pray our Father. You don't pray, my father, because it's not just you and him, it's you and all of your siblings in Christ. God wants us to live happily as a family, and in in order to do that, we need to release forgiveness to those around about us. And it's an easy counter, and I'll address this too, that we say, well, they need to forgive me first. If they come crawling back to me, to ask for forgiveness, then I will deign my forgiveness on them. If they're willing to go through that and crawl in ashes to me, then I'll then forgive them. But the problem is that you'll be waiting until doomsday for that person to to get themselves organized enough to come and ask for forgiveness from you. They have their own troubles. They have their own problems that they're dealing with, their own insecurities, their own problems, their own fears and worries to be thinking about what they've done to you. In fact, most people are probably blithely living their life in, with their own, you know, they're giving their own life, their own issues, without thinking twice about what they've done to you. So let's get practical for a second. I think it's really helpful for us to kind of take this in, in bite-sized pieces because a blanket statement like, you need to forgive is sometimes just too much and just too hard. So what I've found, and I've heard this said before, and I think it makes a lot of sense, is that we should make a list. Make a list. Write down, line by line, all the things that they did to you. Write down, you know, in your own time on a piece of paper, set aside some time and write it down. They took these years of my life away from me. They took away my children. They took away my reputation. They took my car. They took away all this money. It was $250,000. It'll take me years and years and years to try and get that money back. Maybe I never will. How specifically were you hurt by that? 
How specifically were you hurt? And write it down. There will be some healing in and of itself. And you might discover as you start writing, you'll remember other things that hurt you. That's right. And then this happened. And that really hurt. And then this happened. That, what you're doing is you're acknowledging to yourself that that was a real event. That took place. And that really hurt. And these are the reasons why it hurt you. Write it down. I, I encourage you to do that. And it doesn't mean that magically that pain is going to disappear, but it will be a start. It will be probably the first step that you can take in helping to get free from that, that past that's been haunting you. And you know, just let's just be honest. That, that person, even if they did come and apologize, they can't make it right, can they? They can't bring your childhood back to you. All those years that are gone, they can't give you that back. All that money that was lost, they can't give you that back. Even if they wanted to, it's gone. It's gone. So the best thing that we can actually do is to release it and be free. If you want to live a life of freedom, then I encourage you, release it. Release it. Release it. And be free so that you can be free.